Welcome to the Jesus Famous Podcast. Our podcast exists to see Jesus honored, glorified, loved, esteemed, appreciated, adored, revered, and followed. Jesus Famous in your everyday life. Today we have a special classic episode for you where Pastor Nate is going to talk to us about what true rest really is and how Jesus calls his people into true rest. When's the last time you felt rested? In a world that we live in that's constantly going, where we're always hurrying, trying to be the fastest in line, get home the quickest, get in the quickest grocery line, whatever that may be, our world is constantly in a state of hurry. So what is true rest? And our hope for today's podcast is that you get a sense of what that true rest is and that Jesus will bring you into true rest as well. Here's Pastor Nate. Nate, are you excited about resting during your sabbatical? Or are you thinking like, I think I might just get kind of bored? For me, to... Uh... Uh, I am one of those people that getting bored is an impossibility. <laughs> like I just cannot. Like when was the last time you were bored? bored? I just it doesn't ever happen. <laughs> I do not get bored. It will not happen. When was the last time you yawned? Like ever? Oh yeah, all the time. That's that's <laughs> constant. But those aren't those aren't boredom yawns. <laughs> it's just fatigue. No man, I I uh, I can't wait to rest. I I look forward to it. I I enjoy you know having those moments where i can reset and recalibrate and think and uh, pray and read and so i always have something to read i always Always have something to think about i always have something (laughs) to pray about i mean you just give me my bullet journal and a pen and i could hang out with myself for hours yeah i I will not get bored it's not gonna happen yeah i mean my the battery could empty out the i could lose all my books like i still be fine i i will not get just throw your running shoes on any screens yeah i'm good (laughs) that's so rad man i'm so excited to get to go on that i think it's just such a um i i think of it as as a kind of godly thing to do to take a season to really rest and i love how you're doing it with your family and getting out like really i mean you're going to england we are separating ourselves from our everyday life as much as we possibly can. It's so tight. So we'll digitally disconnect. Sometimes. Uh, but about. then, yeah, we're going to a different continent. We're going to go to England for nearly a month and just be in one city the entire time, but then Dude. explore out from that one yeah. city. We'll be in York, England for, for um, like I said, almost a month. And then we'll come back. Uh, to the states and do some laundry and clean up and then head up to lake tahoe for a second stint away from home and uh, it will come out to nearly two months being out of regular uh, ministry and and the routines of life here on the monterey peninsula and uh, you say you're think it's cool and that you're looking forward to it (laughs) not as much as me man (laughs) and you're not <clears throat> Correct me if I'm wrong. You're not writing during that time, right? Not going to write anything for ministry or for publication in a ministry kind of way. Yeah. I don't have plans to write anything else. But what I've said to my friends and family is that if I write anything, it'll be 
experimentations in cool. fiction. Yeah. And just little, maybe some short stories. I, mm. I have always loved telling stories to the church. Yeah. I've always oh, loved yeah. telling stories to my children. Mm-hmm. And so I might want to uh, experiment with that a little bit. Although dialogue is really hard for me to write. I haven't mm. really learned that very well yeah, yet. Yeah. As a, as a nonfiction writer, you don't have to oh, yeah. stress yourself with that all that often. But that might be a fun thing for me to mm. just dabble in. But I don't know if I'll have that much time, at least in the first half of yeah. our time. You know, while we're in England, it'll we'll probably be on the go a little bit Adventuring. more during that time. It'll be yeah. that kind of rest. You know, we'll have mm. days where we're just lounging for sure. But we'll be wanting to explore quite a bit yeah. also. Um, but the second half, you know, being up at the lake, we'll um, have some more times to just, you know, lounge and yeah and think and and all that but it's so not going to be bring the laptop down to the water you know yeah I'm just gonna good just chill so you know probably won't do much writing if any but if i do yeah it won't be it won't be bible teaching or scriptural insights or devotions yeah. or anything that i would put on nateholdrich.com yeah so it's going to be almost like your ghost is here because articles will be posted during the whole sabbatical time, right? To yeah, man. Yeah, for me, writing uh, articles uh, happens in three phases. Mm-hmm. You know, phase one is writing the rough draft. Phase two is creating the final draft. And mm-hmm. phase three is recording uh, myself right. reading yep. the final draft here for the Jesus Famous podcast, but they also sit as a little audio player mm-hmm. at the top of the article at nateholdridge.com. So, um, yeah, I've been writing like a madman this year. <laughs> I had a, some pretty ambitious goals of word counts that I wanted to try to get done before I got went on to my sabbatical and I'm getting close to fulfilling those. Um, and that enables me to, yeah, all summer long, keep my rhythm of releasing mm. two articles each week. So if you're a subscriber to my email list, um, then you'll get those um, each week. What you'll get is an archive message uh, email, an email reminding you about the Jesus Famous podcast episode mm-hmm. that we're releasing, Riley and I, mm-hmm. uh, through June. Uh, and then you'll get two fresh articles each week so four emails a week during the time that i'm gone until the jesus famous podcast is finished and then it'll go down to three or four each week so yeah all summer long they'll be released they're already edited scheduled ready to go so um i hope that you guys enjoy Heck yeah, yeah, the man. stuff I'm writing right now actually is for January of all <laughs> times, you know, so I'm, uh, I'm ahead with my rough drafts. I've got a lot of editing to do. Good, One thing I'm really excited about, though, that is going up for people to be able to read is um, one of those posts every three weeks is a, a more lengthy post post because they're full chapters Mm. of the next book that I'm releasing. I'm not a big published, you know, um, I mean, I have a book published, but I'm not a big time author that, you know, publishers are knocking down my door yet, you know, but uh, at this point, what I'm doing with this next book is I'm actually releasing it first there at nateholdridge.com one Mm. chapter every three weeks and then we'll compile it when it's all done and maybe it'll get published maybe we'll just self-publish it yeah but um that one is called a guide for the climb it's based on a sermon series we did a couple years ago here at the church 
on the Psalms of Ascent, Psalm 120, verse Psalm 134. So it's called A Guide for the Climb, uh, Help for Modern Christians from the Ancient Psalms of Ascent. So uh, we're, you know, through the summer, I think we'll get through chapter um, five or six or something like that. So Mm -hmm. uh, I'd encourage you guys to go check that out. And if you're not a subscriber to that email list, you can get it at nateholdridge.com slash subscribe. Or you could just, you know, at the Jesus Famous Podcast, listen to those readings and actually read along with the whole article in the show notes. So you'll be actually read, you'll be recording an audio version of the chapters. Yeah. I mean, part of the, a big part of the reason why I even do those recordings mm-hmm. is for chapters like that or posts okay. like that. You yeah, know, yeah. they're so long, mm-hmm. um, you know, three to four thousand words in length. Yeah. That, you know, it takes a long time to read something like that. And what I, that's why I'm only releasing those every three weeks, because if you get one of those even once a week, you're just not going to have the time to, to read them. So, yeah. You know, I encourage cool. people that get those, hey, just try to take some time to do this study on your own. Mm. Just pour over this chapter, so to speak. And, um, you know, I, one thing I have in my heart for the Christian community is to help Christians read. That's you know, right, I think man. it's important. Yeah, I think it's too. not in vogue anymore. Yeah. Um, but I think it's helpful and important. Yeah, and to read biblically based material, I think, is is really important. So that's why I'm just like, hey, every three weeks I'll release a chapter. You know, you can take Gently three weeks. It or, yeah, it'll box. take us like eight months to get through the whole <laughs> book together. And, you know, I'll even read it to you. Yeah. You know, so that's why I'm so doing cool, it in man. that way. Yeah. Well, exciting stuff. Um, if you're listening to this right now, you can check out all the stuff we just talked about in the show notes or online at nateholders.com. Just some really great stuff coming up here in the, um, in the upcoming months. But today, we're talking about this article, Nate, that you wrote called Jesus Brings His People Into True Rest, which I'm sure is reminiscent a bit of um, maybe a portion of the book of Hebrews that you taught to our church on a Sunday morning. But I wanted to talk about this because I think that the concept of Jesus bringing rest to his people or bringing his people into rest, we might have like a hard time just kind of understanding what that means. But I think it's one of those things that if we can capture it if we can understand it it's like a game changer for life and so i think about especially in the society we live where it's just like hustle bustle hustle culture to the bone you know on one side of the spectrum i guess i mean like the other side is just kind of like don't really care i mean it's like almost like kind of laziness on the other side but man there's just like this rest that jesus brings us into that is so dynamic and so helpful I think that this sabbatical you're taking on is almost like a, it kind of points towards that, which mm-hmm. is really cool. So let's talk about this. I'm just going to ask it like this. What is God's rest? Well, what is God's rest? I'm just looking at the article right now as you ask that question and the passage itself. As you look at the book of Hebrews where the article is built off of, it seems to have something to do with the future yeah god's rest is definitely Mm -hmm. uh pointing toward things like the city that has foundations our homeland our heavenly country and city the city of the living god the heavenly jerusalem the kingdom that cannot be shaken the lasting city that is to come these are all phrases Mm -hmm. 
borrowed from the book of Hebrews. So God's rest has to do with our eternity or our eschatological hope. Hmm. But um, those phrases I just quoted are all from chapter 11 onward in the book of Hebrews. So here, when he's talking about God's rest, we're in chapter 4 still. Hmm. So his idea or his thought about our eschatological, you know, future hope, that comes at the end of the book. It doesn't yeah. come yet. So what it seems that he's doing is it seems like, um, well, definitely it has to do with our current state yeah, that we're right. in today. Future, current. And what it seems that he's trying to communicate, it's like that eschatological hope or heaven, or the future, you know, or the rest that's coming, that city, you know, that we're going to, that has foundations, that heavenly Jerusalem, the kingdom that cannot be shaken, the lasting city, it's like it is reaching out Hmm. into our current experience today, and, and trying to help us live with a sense of rest and peace as if we're already in that kingdom because by faith we actually are already yeah, in that unshakable kingdom. Mm. Um, so it, it's like our current state being affected by our eschatological state wow. is kind of a way of thinking about it. Uh, it's it's uh, or maybe to color it, it's the deletion of a slave-like relationship with mm. God but a life responding to his grace. It's it's deleting dead religion, but entering into life and joy with him. I it's it. eliminating fear and worry and dread of him, but now free in our Father's love. It's an ending of self-effort for righteousness, but receiving and running in the righteousness of Christ. Hmm. So it's cool. Uh, or, or another way I like thinking of it is rather than mere words i trust in god yeah you're just saying it yeah but a congruity between words and actions yeah so like i trust in god and i actually do you know i, I am uh-huh. i'm feeling that i experience that i have the peace and joy and freedom and love that are attached to really trusting god yeah amen. so it's like the rest of god is entering into what god intends for his people today in the article, you talk about prioritizing God's rest today. And I'm just curious, like, how we actually do prioritize it. Is it a matter of maybe going through life and asking questions of our day-to-day actions and things like that, where we're saying, okay, in this instance, am I prioritizing God's rest? Or is there a different way that we actually enter into rest? Or prioritize it, I guess. Yeah. Entering it is kind of like the next thing that we're going to talk about, Mm -hmm. but like actually prioritizing it. Yeah. I think the word that I would use is the word concern. It should be a concern of your life. Not Mm. a, not a worry, not a paranoia, not a, you know, um, a fearful, uh, paranoid kind of concern, but a concern nonetheless. I mean, he says in verse one of Hebrews four, therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. Yeah. In other words, it should be a major priority 
of my life. I should have mm-hmm. a desire and a concern to enter into God's rest. I mean, the parallel that he's giving throughout the whole passage is, I mean, there are a few that he uses, mm-hmm. but one significant one is of Joshua leading the people into the promised land. Okay. They were supposed to have a concern mm-hmm. that they would drive out the enemies in the land. They were supposed to be thinking about that. This is our goal. This is our desire. This is something we want to do. This is something that is not automatic. This is something that God is going to do the work for us in, but we're going to partner with him. Like we are going to step out. We are going to pick up weapons. We are going to engage. We are going to be active. We're going to have to pray about this. It's something that they wanted to have happen so that they could have homes and places to live and fields to plant and so that they could fulfill God's mission for their lives. So it's something that they were conscious of thinking about. So that's, I think, the way I would say it. You know, it needs to be a major priority in your life and concern, thinking about having it on your mind is a major part of that. Because once it's there, once it's in your heart like that, then that's where I find a Christian will, for instance, say, yeah, I'm going to go to church totally, because I want everything God has for me. Or I'm going to read the Bible because I want everything God has for me. Or I'm going to read books that help shape and grow me and my Christian faith because I want to enter all the way into Mm -hmm. his rest. I, I don't want to fail to reach what he has in store for me. I want to get all of that rest in my life. So good. So later on in the article, you mentioned um, that simple trust in God is the key to a life of God's rest. So let's just talk about what that trust looks like. You say it's simple. So what does that look like? Is it believing maybe just one thing about God? Is, is it simple in that kind of sense? Or is it simple maybe like in the, the approach that we take before God? What does simple trust in God look like and how does it enable us to get into God's rest? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, in the passage, what it tells us is that the generation that went into the promised land with, Mm -hmm. uh, or that preceded the generation that went into the promised land with Joshua, the, the generation with Moses, it says that they were not united by faith with those who listened. But we who, for we who have believed, enter that rest, as he said, as I swore in my wrath, they, that generation that did not believe, shall not enter into my rest. Mm. So the idea or what I'm saying when I say simple trust in God is the key to a life of God's rest. What I'm pointing out is that um, a lack of faith for that generation manifested itself in very literal disobedience Mm, you know they wouldn't budge they wouldn't move they wouldn't go out they would not take a step they wouldn't go lack of faith showed up in a refusal to budge so that's what i mean by um god's rest being accessed by faith is that you know there's this like moment where we have decisions in our lives where God's rest is there, but there's going to be a tension experience, Uh you know, where like for the, that generation, they saw the giants in the land. They knew what God was asking. They knew God wanted to bring them into the promised land, but they saw the giants and the tension was how can we possibly go in there, look at these giants. And they listened to the thing that caused the tension rather than listening to God. So I tried to give some examples. I can't remember if I put it in the article or not, but uh, some examples of this would be like, okay, in my life, um, 
Take Matthew 7, verse 12. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and prophets. All right, so you think about that. A moment comes in your life where you're at odds with somebody. Mm -hmm. There's conflict. And there's the Lord saying, I have the rest for you. The way you can access that rest is by right now, doing to that person hmm. what you would like them to do to you. Will you trust me? Yeah. Will you put simple faith in me and step out without saying like, but they're going to take advantage of me yeah. or, but that's not going to work or, or, but they're just going to get their way instead of seeing the giants or the obstacles. Will you just simply trust me hmm. and enter into my rest or, First Peter five, verse seven, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So worries come into your life. You have anxiety that you're dealing with. The Lord's inviting you to pray, to commit it to him in Mm -hmm. prayer. But our concept quite often is how I can't do that. That's not the answer. That's not really going to solve anything. And so we're not living in simple faith at that point. We're not simply trusting him in that moment. And that will keep us out of everything he has for us. Yeah. You see, the, the, the rest that we're talking about here is something that God wants to involve us in mm. the process of entering into. Wow. He didn't just pick up the people of Israel and bring them, translate them over into the promised land and push all the enemies out for them. They were involved in that process. He opened up the river. He worked miracles as they won different battles. But they were obediently stepping forward each step of the way. Hmm. So these things are accessed by faith in him and by, you know, obediently just stepping out, saying, okay, here's a new thing that he's asking for from my life. I'm going to access this rest or this life that he has for me by faith. Hey, just want to take a quick second to let you know what's going on this week at nateholdridge.com. Uh, You may have seen this already, but Pastor Nate just released an article this week called Resist the Complexers, and this is straight from the book of 2 Corinthians. This is a word that is so important today. When you look at the article, it's a short little article. Maybe it'll take you two minutes to read it, but the message is so pointed as something that is inherent to our culture and society, especially here in the West, and you know, we're talking from uh, kind of the Bay Area-ish here in California, and that is this, that our culture is just so complex. We try to make things more simple with different uh, technological tools, um, different ways of communication, uh, different ways that we structure our businesses and families and things like that to be the most effective people we can, but man, wouldn't you agree that life just gets so complex so quickly, it can feel so hard to make things just simple, but the truth is today that God's word to you is simple. He loves you. He cares so deeply for you. He's longing just for you to be obedient to him, to worship him, to give your life to him. And he promises you rest and joy and peace. And it may feel like that just sounds way too simple, but God's plan is so good. He boils it down to my work is sufficient for you, my grace sufficient for you. So whatever you're going through today, however complex you're feeling like your life is today, 
Maybe you're listening to this on double speed right now just because you want to get to the next podcast, get the most information into your brain today, but and there's no, no judgment there, obviously. <laughs> but just want to say, man, if you're feeling like life is complex, just remember the simple gospel truth. Our Father in Heaven loves you. So with that, man, when you get a chance, listen to this article here on the feed or go on to nateholders.com and read it here soon. But for now, let's get back into today's conversation. Just in wrapping up, Nate, um, just thinking about somebody who's maybe just, they're, they're living this Christian life, but maybe they're just feeling really tired, like they haven't really entered into the rest. Maybe it's a combination of maybe there's like some disobedience and maybe not stepping out in faith or whatever it might be, but just feeling just kind of beat down right now, you know? How would you encourage them just to really take up the rest that Jesus has given to them? You know, in the in the Hebrews 4 passage, one of my favorite portions is when he talks about if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever's entered God's rest is also rested from his works as God did from his. And then he says, let everyone strive to enter that rest so that mm-hmm. no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. The reason I like that little cluster is because it points to, it just gives me a good picture of what this rest is supposed to look like. Mm. Because it talks about Joshua, you know, leading the people into the promised land and just all the rest from, they basically got victory. So when I think about that in my own life, I think about the victory that Jesus wants to win in my life over different habits and Mm -hmm. sins and, you know, so personal victory. But then he talks also about the Sabbath, and the Sabbath system, you know, and the whole Sabbath rest system pointed to something better in Jesus that, you know, as I'm going through life with him, I can be at peace. I can Mm -hmm. have rest in him. I can Mm -hmm. have confidence in him. Mm -hmm. And then he points all the way back to creation because he talked about how God rested from his works as God did from his, uh, or that we're to rest from our works as God did from his on that seventh day. And so then I think about the original creation and the rest of that seventh day and how it was an untarnished place. And there was Mm -hmm. just like a, man, let's enjoy what God has made, what God has done. So it's not all battle and it's not all peace and it's not all just enjoyment. It's like a mixture of all of those things in perfect harmony mm. that God wants to bring you into. And, you know, the Lord wants to provide this for you. Amen. And one of the things that was so fun when I taught this to the church in Hebrews chapter 4, we went through almost the whole chapter. And we got all the way to the point where he talks about God's word, how it's living and active and sharper than a double-edged sword, piercing down to the division of soul and spirits and thoughts and intentions. And it was really fun just to talk to the church about the reason that he mentions that right there, Hmm. you know, because I think usually we just quote that portion of Hebrews 4 just as a standalone thing. Hey, tell me about the Bible. Well, it's living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword piercing down to the division of soul and spirit 
discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. You know, we just kind of think it like, okay, he's just like writing, writing, writing. And then totally. he's like, boom, I'm going to drop this awesome little cluster of paragraph about the Bible. But he says it in connection to entering into God's rest. Hmm. He says, for the word of God is, and then he describes it. So why did he do it that way? Well, all throughout the book of Hebrews, the author just is quoting Bible verses all the time. You know, he's just all over the place. He's quoting scripture. He's very familiar with the Old Testament. And it seems that one of the messages he's trying to communicate is this rest from God is there, that Joshua-like victory, that Sabbath system, peace with God, that enjoyment of creation and life that's in front of you. That rest is there. You need to enter into it. You need to, you know, make it a priority. You need to daily enter into it. You need to um, access it by faith and trust in him. But I think that when he starts talking about the Bible right there, it's his way of saying this book, Mm -hmm. it's going to be the thing that just cuts right down to your soul and spirit Mm -hmm. And reminds you of what you don't have if you don't have rest. Yeah. And what you can have if you're a believer. It's just going to always show you a different world. Yeah. You know, I, I think that we we need this as believers Amen. so often because like we constantly mention, you know, we're bombarded with so many voices trying to speak to us, trying to tell us what is real, what is important. But when you're constantly in the word of God, his rest, Mm -hmm. his victory or his peace or his, you know, the enjoyment of life, you know, as he's designed it, it's held out to you over and over again. All the time. This is what's enjoyable. This is what is peaceful. This is what's victorious. And the word does that. It's alive. It's working. It's showing you who you are. It's leaving you he says naked and exposed it's revealing you Mm. so let the word into your life i guess is my exhortation if somebody doesn't have god's rest in their lives let the word into your life and let it shape you let it show you what you could have if you were to place your faith and just you know trust him and, and walk with and enjoy him thanks for tuning in today If you'd like to hear some more content from Pastor Nate, please subscribe to the Jesus Famous Podcast. Each week we'll be posting conversations just like the one you just heard, as well as some live readings that Pastor Nate is posting a couple times a week. For any more articles, books, or resources from Pastor Nate, please go to nateholdridge.com. Catch you next week.